0: Hello and welcome in to today's episode of the Just Talk Pod with George R. George Saturday edition. Today's episode, we're going to talk about how I believe that the NBA has a problem of having more relatable athletes. Um, why? What Kyrie Irving has done this week by sitting out the game yesterday or sorry, Thursday and not traveling with the team to Memphis makes them unrelatable and makes the Brooklyn Nets a unrelatable team in the nba we're also going to do our seattle story of the day gondolas Hmm. seattle and gondolas what do those things have in common i give you out my nfl picks for the weekend plus my national championship pick story time and lyrical analysis and we end with spurs as always please if you're listening to this podcast share this with some friends send it over to them i'd really appreciate it this podcast is only going to grow with your help. The only way podcast grows is not just with the host, but with the audience. The more people you tell about this podcast about, the more likely this podcast will grow. So I'd really appreciate that. Leave a five-star review and rate it as well. And also give a listen to me and my brother's podcast. That being said, podcast with George and Sammy are part of the Sports on Tap network. As always, visit the sportsontap.com and today's episode is brought to you by bet us that's betus.com and use com- promo code the sports on tap at checkout and you'll get a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit that's right if you put in a hundred dollars they'll give you a hundred dollars free and free play money and you can go bet my nfl picks for the weekend and before we get started with this episode we have a quick word from one of our sponsors anchor enjoy Yay! All right, welcome into today's episode. Uh, if you heard the intro you know exactly what's going to be happening on today's episode of the just talk pod so thank you for joining me this is uh if you're listening to this it's at least saturday morning so the games are maybe starting uh i just wanted to uh, I, what i'm gonna do here is i'm gonna i'm gonna put these out so my picks are on record for the nfl Wild weekend, but I'm not necessarily gonna care too much about uh, making this long or making it too much on the pick side of things because hey, if you already listen to this, you don't need to break the whole entire game, the game probably already happened, so we to make them really quick and really concise. Our first topic vote today is Kyrie Irving, James Harden, other NBA players who are just unlikable, and I really wanted to break down. Three or four minutes today, is a little bit shorter. Uh, starting next week, we're going to have our interviews um, or la- last episode of next week. So, next Saturday, you'll have a first interview. We have an interview scheduled for next Tuesday. I think I'll have one ready to roll for the following Saturday. I'm going to start having interviews uh, almost on everyone this, this week's story time, at, um, Mexico City, as you heard in the intro. But here we go. So, add some thoughts, right? So, last night, Kyrie Irving decided not. To play for the New Jersey Nets, uh, Scoop B, which is, by the way, he went from the internet-like kind of, uh everyone's like, oh, Scoopy, Scoopy. Uh well, he doesn't have any sources, no, the guy has sources, he, he, he seems like, especially with Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant plays on the same team as Kyrie Irving, obviously, seems like he's pretty in tune and in line with all that goes on between, around Kevin Durant's life, uh, it seems like, but. Kyrie Irving didn't feel like playing, and that's the thing. And now he's not going to be flying with Memphis with the team. Uh, some people are citing what happened in D.C. I, I don't want to really get into the politics side of that um, for the reason why he doesn't want to play. And um, I want to talk about James Harden for a second. Who's another guy who's rumored to maybe go to the New Jersey Nets. He basically, my problem with James Harden's always been his style. Of basketball is not my favorite style of basketball. He seems like a guy you would never want to run you know, fives with, him and Kyrie, right? Like, let's dribble between our legs 55 times and then pull up and then get pissed off at everyone else and blame them when we lose. Um, seems like both guys aren't really the type of people I'd want to play with. It's always someone else's fault. And I mean, James Harden, you build this whole entire franchise in Houston around him. You cater to all his needs. You do everything he wants. And he's like, nah, fuck you guys. I'm out of here. And that, to me, that's just bullshit. Um, he, he's, he seems like a guy who's he's going to fizzle out of a league pretty quick I bet you James Harden here not fizzle out of a league but fizzle out being a superstar because of his lifestyle his non-commitment to, to greatness um, like I know he can go on IG and put up a uh, video real quick and be like hey man look at me I'm at the gym I'm working I'm in the lab He's not in the lab all the time. James Harden's a good basketball player, but he seems like a horrible teammate. And I could see the end of James Harden's career being similar to those of Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury, even Iverson. As much as we all love Allen Iverson, uh, Allen Iverson did a lot of great things in the league. The end of his career was Denver. second fiddle to Carmelo wasn't great. Detroit, that was nightmare. Memphis, you guys remember the Memphis Allen Iverson days? Those weren't great. So I can see a James Harden ending for um, okay, Allen Iverson ending for James Harden. Now, that's not really the point of this. My point of this is the NBA players like James Harden and Allen, um, sorry, once again, the NBA players that are acting this way, these divas, uh, as I like to call them, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. The problem with this is, Let's go back in time for a minute to fan favorites and why people love sports. And a lot of that has to do with the familiar, being familiar to other people aspect of it. So, for example, people love Tom Brady, that story, underdog mentality, rose up, seems like a normal guy. Derek Jeter seems like a normal guy. Even Michael Jordan, who is larger than life, a lot of his appeal was. He's you know, he come came from a place where he had to overcome a lot to become great. Uh Tiger Woods, he played golf. Derek Jeter seems like an everyday person. Even if you want to go back in time, the Joe Montana is it the Joe DiMaggio's even before my lifetime, all these guys seemed relatable. People like Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and maybe this is gonna be athletes now on. With the amount of money they make, with the amount of fame they have, and let's be frank, basketball players, they're not Mike Trout, right? Mike Trout can walk into your grocery store right now. You could be at a grocery store listening to this podcast, and you're, you're Mike Trout can walk by you. You would hardly even notice him because he sort of looks like a normal dude versus that Kyrie Irving who seems small on the basketball court because he's a point guard. He's really, you know, what, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's larger in life. So they're, first of all, not relatable in the aspect of – being relatable in in looks right because there's so much taller than all of us but at the same time now you're acting like i'm getting paid 25 million a year i don't feel like playing like at some point nba players are going to completely alienate fans when you completely alienate fans i know Kyrie, you don't like the media but if you don't like the media and you don't like the fans that's who pays the bills those are who buys your sneakers same for you james Harden. That's who buy your sneakers that's who buys your jerseys you're going to lose a lot of money by not being relatable to other people. And that's my big problem with what's going on. If Kyrie Irving has a problem with the politics in this country, I've always been a staunch believer. I might disagree with a lot of people's politics, but I'm going to give every single person a benefit of a doubt on their political stance. I'm not going to dislike someone due to their political stance, and I'm not going to love someone due to their political stance. I think what happened the other day in D.C. was disgusting. I've always said the far right and the far left are disgusting. And yes, I do, I'm i not. If you listen to this podcast and you know me, I'm not into woke culture. Never have been, never will be. I don't like to cancel everything. I don't like to promote everything. And I think that's where we're getting at here. The right is insane. The left is insane. And, and Kyrie seems like he's going all the way to the far, 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 far left insane. Now, James Harden's a different story. He has no political stance. Busy alienating fan bases that have supported him. And they still support him, which is crazy. That's why fan is short for fanatic, is because we can't ever get, you know, separate these things. We're like, man, these guys are uh, my guys. Like, James Harden doesn't give a shit, man. I mean, James Harden rather just go... To a to another city right now and dump on this Houston Rockets franchise. I mean, I know he's putting up some good numbers, but if you watch the games, man, there's no effort there. He's dribbling between his legs 150 times going to the basket, not playing any defense. It's not look, James Harden had here's the difference to me between someone like James Harden and Steph Curry on defense. James Harden has the ability to be a great defender. Steph Curry doesn't really have the ability to be a good defender, but Steph Curry puts in the effort. To be try to be a good defender still doesn't do a great job of it like james harden if you go look at some analytical numbers in the post he can he plays some pretty good defense he's a strong dude but he just doesn't want to put in the effort and even this year it's even more evident because he has really checked out on the defensive end and i think it's kind of it's it's a me it's it's a disgusting that what james harden's doing it's disgusting like Kyrie irving We'll sit out games and, you know, a phone call, text message. He didn't even tell his coaching staff that he wasn't going to be coming. He just didn't show up. Like, at some point, man, Kevin Durant's going to get tired of this. Kevin Durant's going to get tired of the Kyrie Irving bullshit. And um, I wanted to root for this team. I kind of – I love the way this team is constructed. I actually thought the Kyrie and Durant pairing could work, and I think it still can. I mean, Kyrie's otherworldly at basketball. Kevin Durant is unbelievable at basketball. But at some point, you got to be relatable for me to root for you. And I think Kevin Durant's relatable. He's vulnerable, right? Like he go – I know a lot of people don't like Kevin Durant. They're like, oh, Kevin Durant, he doesn't uh, – he, he, he has a burner account. Well, at least Kevin Durant is relatable, right? I mean how many of us are on Twitter arguing with people every single day? And Kevin Durant does the same. And I think that makes Kevin Durant relatable, and makes him more likable, and makes him more like us. He wants to argue. He's going on Twitter. And then he stops with the burner account, and then he's starting replying. People are you're like, "You're sensitive," but there's some vulnerability there, and I think vulnerability makes people more relatable. Versus Kyrie Irving, I can't relate to him, and this is the big problem. As I said earlier, you want your you, people root more for people you can relate to. Even LeBron James is as as you know. Superstardom as he is, he is in a way an American dream and an American story coming from poverty. You know, single mother rose above it all to become one of the greatest basketball players of all time. That's relatable. Michael Jordan's relatable. The gambling, the uh, the being cut from high school. Derek Jeter, Tom Brady having to be a six round draft pick. Even Russell Wilson. That's why people love Russ is because he's relatable. But Kyrie Irving sitting out games, making $25 million a year, talking about the earth is flat. James Harden wanting to be traded and putting zero effort into the season so far because a team bent over backwards and did everything they could for him. And now he's not going to show any effort because he's not getting his way. These guys aren't relatable. And I think this could be a big problem for the NBA the NBA needs more relate- relatability because these guys aren't relatable off the court because they're so tall and so big and they stand out. So if you can't at least, you know, be relatable to the media, Kyrie doesn't even want to talk to the media. God, man, like take a page out of Lamar Jackson's playbook in the NFL, who it calls Mr. and Mrs. By, to the media members, which I'm I, you don't have to suck up to media members, but at least treat them like human beings. And I think that's the problem with the NBA. Kyrie's not relatable. We need more relatable superstars. So that's my Kyrie rant of the day. Now, I want to talk about my picks before we get on to the rest of the show. I got some really, in my opinion, the best picks, the best picks ever. No, I'm kidding. I had an under 500 year for the first time in um, in football. And it really made me sad, to be completely frank with you. So. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my um, NFL wild card weekend picks. I'm going to give you my NFL um, and my national championship picks. And I'm not going to go overboard with these right now. And there's only one reason and one reason why. I'm not going to go overboard with these. is because by the time you guys listen to this podcast, these games might have already ended. But I'd rather give you guys my quick predictions, quick one-liners, and tell you what I think is going to happen with any of these NFL games. So first, Colts at Bills. Bills minus six. I think the I think they're going to go up early, and I don't think you can ask Phil Rivers to win in a shootout. So I got the Bills minus six here against the Colts, hosting them. Tampa Bay minus eight at Washington. I kind of like – Washington has all the things that I like in a sleeper team. Like no one believes in us and all that, but they're just not that good. I can't trust them. I'm going to go Tampa minus eight. Ravens minus three and a half at the Titans. by lock of a week. This game means so much to Lamar Jackson. This means so much to um, the, the uh, Ravens. They hate the Titans. They danced on their logo uh, earlier in the season too. This team hate. They hate each other in revenge for last year. Bears plus ten at Saints. I don't think. I think Drew Brees right now. The, this Drew Brees is closer to Mitchell Trubisky than to the old Drew Brees. If that makes any sense. So give me the Bears plus ten. Steelers minus six at Browns. Uh, hey, the, the the Browns finally get to practice. That's great. Uh, this is the beat, today's Friday, their first practice of the week. I, I actually liked the Browns earlier on in the week, but now with uh, all the COVID-related messes, no head coach, um, the best offensive lineman out, I got I to gotta take the Steelers minus six. I, that game should not be on Sunday night. Uh, I really wish the Ravens and Titans was a Sunday night game, and i saved my team for last, the Seattle Seahawks. We can take a minus 3.5 versus the Rams, even though this game scares the shit out of me. I think uh, the Rams are really well-equipped to beat the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a close game, but you can make it 21-17 Seattle, and they win the game. And last but not least, my national championship game. Everyone's counted Ohio State out all season. I'm picking Alabama to win the game, but I'm going to take Ohio State plus 8 to keep the game close and keep the game uh, tight i think we're gonna have a really fun national championship on our hand between alabama and ohio state so as always if you want to bet those games you can go to Betus.com. use promo code the sports on tap and you will get a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit so if you put in a hundred dollars you're going to get a hundred dollars back that's a fat stack so go ahead and do it um that's betus dot com and the promo code the sports on tap during your first deposit to get that free money. Yeah, who said there's no such thing as free money, man? And I guess that's a version of my free money fives. It's more than five games, but this is NFL wild card weekend, and my favorite bet on that one, as I said, is the Ravens minus three and a half at the Titans. All right, on to our Seattle story. All right, our Seattle segment is here. Today is a non-sports one, by the way. I did pick the Seahawks to beat the Rams in the uh, NFC wildcard round, so go Hawks. Uh, As you guys know, I'm a big Seattle Seahawks fan. This is a sports podcast. But today I wanted to talk about how the West West Seattle group has launched a campaign for gondolas as alternatives for light rails. And that's an aerial gondola to connect West Seattle and Seattle. So according to my Northwest, a local group is ramping up a push for an alternative to light rail, proposing a network of aerial gondolas that would connect West Seattle to downtown. The group is calling its proposal the West Seattle Skylink, great name, and recently launched a website and social media presence as part of of its advocacy. Activists claim that compared to Sound Transit's light rail roadmap, aerial gondolas would be cheaper, finish construction faster, and carry the same projected daily ridership. In order to fully service West Seattle, it would entail 100 cabins circulating up a route pulled by wire, each of about 10 seats carrying 4,500 people per hour. Every 20 seconds a cabin arrives, it gets off the main wire so that it can slow down for people to exit and board before the cabin gets on the wire again, the group website Explains. Um, Similar service uh, exists in London, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Medellin, which uh, we'll be talking a lot about Medellin on the next episode in my story time because I just spent a month and a half there. Um, So yeah. in terms of how long it might take to finish, it's estimated that the gondoles connecting West Seattle could end up running by 2023 or 2024, while Sound Transit is currently targeting 2031 completion for its West Seattle right rail extension, with delays brought on by revenue shortfalls from the COVID-19 pandemic, which we are all familiar with the COVID-19 pandemic. If you aren't um, you must have been in a coma the last few months and you have uh, just woken up from a coma and I uh, downloaded this podcast and you're listening to me now and you're like, whoa, what's a COVID-19 pandemic? Let me Google the COVID-19 pandemic and you're on the www.covid19pandemic.com or whatever you want to call it. And then you're like, oh shit, this sucks. We're still in the global pandemic. And uh, the guy I'm listening to now George, traveled during a global pandemic and everyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to judge this guy. And then you probably do you might you might not but at the end of the day you should do we'll talk about it more in story time but anyway i'm um, sorry for that little tangent the west seattle gondola all right thoughts one i've gone back and forth on it multiple times it seems like a hassle but then i think about it more it's not a hassle right it's connecting it's moving sound transit is and the monorail system in Seattle is something I feel like I've been hearing about being completed and becoming a thing now since I was in high school, maybe even before that middle school, and we're still working on it. And you want to complete the West Seattle one by 2031. This one can be done in three years, sign me up. And it's cool, right? It's like one of those things. You're going to be flying over like downtown. you probably see Century Link uh, well, and not even Link now. Lumen Field and uh, T-Mobile Park. God, I'm so used to saying goes to CenturyLink. Um, and you see those while you're flying over the city and you get into West Seattle. I think it's a really cool idea. I think it would save some time. It's probably save some money. It'd make us more unique i think it'd be a tourist destination i don't think the monorail would actually be a tourist destination so i think you'd have actually some more revenue coming from the west seattle gondola system than other things i think you'd be able to look at the west gondola the gondola system and say hey you know what's cool about this west seattle gondola system oh what's that When people come to Seattle, they're going to want to ride the gondola just like I rode the gondola in Hong Kong and Medellin and London. I haven't been to Singapore. So it's one of those things where you see it, you're going to be like, hey, I need to do it. People who live in Seattle who aren't going to – look, I who live in Seattle would probably not go down to Seattle to take the West Seattle transit system just to see what it looks like. But if there's a gondola – everyone in the region is going to go pay for it to go check it out because it's a really cool thing to do you're going to take your kids on it it's you've probably done it in disneyland i did in disneyland when i was younger so i think it'd be a really cool system the gondola system sign me up for it whoever came up with this it's a really good uh idea um here are some disadvantages though as the urbanist points out the maximum rider capacity tops out around 55,000 passengers a day compared to 89,000 for link light rail but the demand sitting is between only thirty-two thousand to thirty-seven thousand for it. So you're still doubling the demandership. Um, so this, in two thousand fourteen, a Kirkland City Council mem- member actually unsuccessfully pitched the idea to connect downtown to the Cross Kirkland Corridor of gondolas in February two thousand fourteen. Uh, the concept was also proposed by the developers behind the Seattle Outbreak. we in the same year. Both the times the plan failed to get off the ground that's bullshit like if i'm if i'm a, what, what kind of city member or council member in kirkland is sitting there and is like hey guys um all right i have an idea let's connect kirkland with downtown seattle using a gondola system so people can get into seattle and out of seattle with no, less traffic and quicker and it'll be fun and you can go through the water i think people were like nah i'm not voting against it Sometimes I wonder, man, who elects these city ca- – I'm going to my city council member right now. I'm in Kirkland, and I'm going to ask him to change this. I think it's a great idea. If you t- Seriously, guys, a gondola system connecting Kirkland and Seattle and West Seattle and Seattle. Tourist attraction, amazing. Sign me up now. Seattle story of the week. All right. Traveling during the global pandemic story time part two. If you missed uh, Wednesday's episode, this we talked about my time in Tulum, Mexico, which was fantastic. As I said, there's a lot of crazy people during a global pandemic hitting up Tulum. It seemed like all of South Florida was there. I like South Florida. I used to live in South Florida, so um, you know, if you live in South Florida, don't come at me right now with some DMs and messages and saying, "Man, fuck you," because I actually like you guys. I think you're fantastic. I, I love living there. I would live there again. So that wasn't my point. But uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people came to Tulum, Mexico. I'm not going to rehash that. Go listen to that part of a podcast. So I decided. Um, the internet speed in uh, Tulum kind of drove me crazy. So I went on Airbnb um, before Colombia reopened, which was my next destination. Then I was planning on going to Colombia next. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get out of Tulum instead of going back to Seattle. Where should I go? I like a big city feel. So I hit the road to Mexico City. And when I say I hit the road, I took an airplane three hours to Mexico City. And if you guys don't know, Mexico City is actually the largest city in North America. It's bigger than New York. It's bigger than L.A. It's bigger than Chicago. It's bigger than any city in North America. And it might be the biggest city actually in the Western Hemisphere. I'll have to double check on that. But I know it's the largest city in North America. And when you land there, you feel it right away, man. This city is freaking large, big. And one thing you don't realize there. Is the altitude? The altitude is 7,300 feet above sea level. So I think it puts it almost double Denver's altitude. Um, I didn't realize right away I got there. I had headaches. My heart rate was up. I was like, "Do I? All right, I caught COVID-19." I <laughs> there it is. My like COVID-19 has been caught. So, I was disappointed in that. Then I did a little bit of Google search and found out that I just had altitude sickness for the first three days. So, if you're going to go to Mexico City, I mean, it's a great city, don't get me wrong. I just don't know if you can do it for two or three days and actually enjoy it because your head's going to hurt because you're so, I mean, you get the altitude sickness. And maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm like, maybe my body doesn't react well to altitude. But I understand now why people think that Denver Broncos have a home field advantage or the Denver Nuggets have a home court advantage because it does suck to go into altitude and get that little, little headache. It's like this little piercing headache that kind of sucks. But anyway, so I head over to Mexico City and I've never been to Mexico City before. And I didn't really know what to expect. I knew it was a big city, large city. I stayed in the Polanco neighborhood, which is uh, known as probably the Beverly Hills of uh, Mexico City. Yeah, I'm bougie like that. <laughs> so what? Um, and it was nice, right? So I get to my apartment, which was on, I think, the twenty 20- I mean, I can't, I can't even remember what floors I am um, was on now. I think 30. 30- 30- yeah, 29, I'm going to say 29. I can look it up on Airbnb. If you guys want to see any of these Airbnbs, you can actually hit me up on my Instagram at George on Tap. I'll send you pictures of them or Twitter, and I can even send you the links if you want to you know, stay in the same place as your boy over here. Kind of weird if you, if you wanted to do that, but go ahead. Um, so I get to my place, great view of Mexico City, which is really large. It kind of reminds me of New York slash Chicago. Big buildings, bustling atmosphere, even during COVID. I know... People are going to do this again. Man, you can't travel during a global pandemic. It's a global pandemic. I'm like, all right, I get it. I know, but I did. And I and I totally think it's good to be smart and be careful and take your precautions. But I was out, so I'm going to tell you the reality. I was out. And uh, one thing I realized in Mexico City was the rigorous amount of face masks, hand sanitization, and overall carefulness of people and i kind of like that a lot more than tulum because there wasn't many tourists out there i didn't see like hundreds of americans i and me i mean you know if you listen to this podcast you probably follow me on instagram and know what i look like i'm tan and i blend in well in mexico and south american countries because i'm syrian i'm arabic so i have the same skin complexion and so i blend in well so like i was just you're wearing your mask, you go to these grocery stores, you have the mask on the whole time. One thing, um, so my story time is going somewhere, by the way. Um, the grocery store, by the way, best grocery store I've ever been to in my life. It's called City Market, Polanco, Mexico City, Google it. There's also a Costco right next to it in the middle of downtown Mexico City. Pretty cool, Carlos Slim's Museum's right there too. It's magnificent. Um, but it's the cleanest grocery store I've ever been to. It's like Whole Foods on steroids perfection, absolute perfection. So my point is here with story time is Mexico City is a great city. The Polanco neighborhood has like this area called Palanquito and it has a bunch of restaurants and stuff. It it reminds me of Paris for those who've been to Paris. uh, Your boy here has been there as well. I'm sounding so bougie today. Um, But little cafes, little restaurants right on the side, uh, boulangeries On the side of a rose, really nice. And so I'm gonna have two story times here. One is gonna be on my birthday. One is going to be really much shorter. But I wanted to go watch an NFL football game, so we're gonna start with that one. I think it was the Rams Bears Monday Night Football. You guys remember that atrocity? And I wanted to know where is the best place in Mexico City to watch a NFL football game. So you go to Google, you ask around, you do your you do your thing, and you were like, all right. Where would be the best place to watch this game? Believe it or not, the best place to watch an NFL football game in Mexico City, no matter where you ask, no matter what you Google, no matter who you talk to, is Hooters. Yes, Hooters. you know, the place where the girls are wearing really short shorts and really tight tops. And I can't believe in 2020, this hasn't been com- like, the- can- hey, I know we talked about me not being part of cancel culture. Cancel culture. Where are you at with Hooters, huh? You forgot about them? Or is that okay? I'm just wondering, like, I-, I know they probably just haven't got around to it yet. They'll probably get around to it by next year. Um, anyway, Hooters in Mexico City uh, went over there First of all, it's the same exact Hooters as, as the United States. And I think just due to being a global pandemic, it was empty. But it but there was – everyone was watching the game. There's maybe – okay, well, I don't want to say empty. There's 25 tables probably out of the 200 tables. It was huge. It was like a massive Hooters, right? It's like the biggest Hooters I've ever seen. And everyone was watching the NFL game, and it was in Spanish, and they played the music the, – the crowd uh, – the announcer instead of music – and it was pretty cool. So if you have ever been to Mexico City, maybe I'll try during a global pandemic. And you want to watch an NFL football game, you got to head to Hooters. Now, second part of story time. In this this part, I can't necessarily say I'm proud of. <laughs> I can't necessarily say you should do this. And I'm not necessarily condoning my behavior. So uh, I know I made fun of a lot of James Harden, but I'm also not an NBA player. And I'm also not around old people or many people. Afterwards. Um, so it was my birthday, and I wanted to go out to eat. And uh, that's not the oh my god, that's it. No, that's not it. So I wanted to go out to eat, and I decided I was gonna go to this restaurant. I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's super nice. It's in Polanco, as I said, but my favorite place in Mexico City. And um, I think it's called La 70. If I no, the Los 70 is a street Medellin, but anyway. Uh, I go to this restaurant and I'm eating dinner steak, really good, really cheap. That's one thing you gotta remember of Mexico, man. You're getting some really good food if you're not going to the tourist traps for like eight, eight bucks maximum for like your nicest meals. Uh, Some meals for two or three bucks, but this one was expensive. This is the most expensive restaurant maybe in the city, so I'm paying like twenty-five bucks for my meal and, and two drinks. And I'm talking to the waiter. He speaks English, and he's like, "Yo." What are you doing here by yourself? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a digital nomad, and I'm working, enjoying my time here in Mexico City. And he goes, oh, cool. And I'm like, it's also my birthday, and it's Halloween. So now you all know my birthday is on Halloween. And he goes, oh, cool. Are you going to do anything? I'm like, no, every every one thing you got to realize in Mexico City, everything's closed as far as bars. Restaurants are open. It's like here in Seattle when we were open, like, Restaurants are open, you can go eat, but there's no bars, no um, nightclubs, whatever. He goes, Well, you wanna go, you gotta check out this nightclub. I'm like, they're closed. He's like, I know. I'm like, well, I can't check it out. He's like, Yes, you can't. He's like, I'm texting my friend right now, I'll give you his number. So he texts this guy, and I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking go. Um you text this guy and he goes, All right, cool. Here's the address. You go here. He's going to you meet this guy out front of the door. He's going to take you through a back alley up this thing. And there's like an underground club or overground. It's upstairs that's hidden. Um, you got to check it out. It's really fun for Halloween. And I'm only like, I'm, I'm, I'm two drinks in right now. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it. I had another drink. I started feeling good. And I went. So I get to this club. Like I said, you don't have. Like, you don't have to agree with my behavior here. I mean, this is not about uh, you agreeing with me or not. I'm just telling you, this is story time. And you know what? i look back at this uh, maybe 25 years from now. I'm like, man, that was crazy. But anyway, so I went to this club. Uh, I meet this guy out front and I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, you're George. I'm George. Boom back door up the thing, give them uh, about five U.S. dollars, I think was for the cover charge. It's kind of expensive because it's an underground club. Everyone's in costumes, except me because I didn't know I was going clubbing. It was Halloween and it was packed and people were drinking and there's no masks and people were dancing. And man, I got to tell you, it was like I was in an alternative universe. I saw people dancing, clubbing, music, upbeat, laughing, no masks, young people um, drinking. I'm like, man, I don't know if I should be here. Should I not be here? I mean, I stayed for a while, maybe 40 minutes. I felt pretty uncomfortable. I went and got a couple drinks and then I bounced out. But my point is here, I can't believe I actually went to an underground club. I mean, even non-pandemic, like I trusted this guy enough to go up to a place through a back door and through things like now, thinking back at it, like if I did this like right now, probably like, nah, man, fuck that. I can't I can't risk my life for that. But I did. I didn't risk my life, but, you know, risk a lot of things for that. And it was pretty crazy. And uh, I guess my moral of this story is like, I know we're in a global pandemic, but at some point, if you want to take risks on certain things, as long as you're not around older people or not around people in general. Like after that, I, I don't think I saw anyone new. Or two weeks 10 days I mean you have to remember I'm digital nomading by myself so I'm spending most of the time in my apartment so I went to it never got sick never felt sick um, then at the end of my trip in Mexico City I went to a place um, I'll say the name here I guess no one in Mexico City maybe someone in Mexico City listens to me called El Turix in Polanco it's supposed to be the best taco shop in Mexico City this is the only time I got sick on my whole trip so I go to it and I decide that uh, I want to try their tacos, which is supposed to be the best taco in Mexico City. And I, man, you tell me the best taco in Mexico City, I get excited because I love tacos. And, um, I'm going to look this up here and get you some of the reviews because I didn't look up the reviews. I just looked up. That it was the best. And I only looked at the top reviews, to be completely honest, because it has 4.3 stars. It's known as one of the best restaurants, best taco sp- spots in all of Mexico City. So, of course, I get excited. I'm going to it. Freak it. I'm, I'm, I'm going. So, I get there. There's a huge line. They only take cash. Boom. I'm waiting in line. I go I eat. I see people eating it. Before I ate, I looked at the guy, right? He's a big, 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 big fat guy. All right. So he is. he's fat. He's sweating. It's hot in there. And he wipes his forehead with his sweat and grabs the meat, which is like pork, and puts it on the taco and just gives it to you. And I was like, I probably shouldn't eat this. And I ate it. about half an hour later as my legs started to hurt. And then... About an hour and a half later, I had the worst stomach ache of my life. Two and a half hours later, I had the worst stomach problems of my life. And I was out, man. And I had a flight to Medellin the next day. And I get on that flight and I used the bathroom on that four and a half hour flight to Med. Well, first of all, two and a half to uh, Panama City about four times during my layover like three times. And then to Medellin another three hours, Use the bathroom like four more times. And then in Medellin, I didn't leave my apartment for the first three days. That's how sick those tacos made me feel. So I want to read some of the Google reviews of these tacos for you, the one star. Well, first of all, you know what? Let's give you the high, the highest rating ones. Absolutely delicious and amazing value. Service was fast, although we were there on a weeknight. Highly recommend Great tacos. Best meat I've ever had had since I've been in the city. 20 pesos per taco, 32 per tortilla. Another guy, I don't give out five stars very often, but this is the best poncho and taco I've ever had. Love these tacos. The meat is done different, very tasty. Excellent tacos and tortillas. Hole in the wall, joint like this. with limited options tend to master their trade. This applies to El Turix. You have three vehicles to choose from. The one choice of meat from your plate to your mouth. Torta, taco, tostada. There's no forks or knives to be found, so you have some napkins on deck. Pair your meal with a soda or beer and savor every bite. Don't let the queue, which is lying, deter you. It's out the door. It's simply validation that you're at the right place. I do have to say they were tasty. That's, what, that's me. Here's where the problems were and I felt This guy. I laughed at all the other reviews about food safety standards. I've eaten at tons of taco stands in Mexico and never had a problem. Tacos were great. I left a five-star review, but I spoke too soon. I'm now on day two of major intestinal issues. I won't be coming back here. Pat P., you will poop yourself. Beware of any place where they put plastic bags over the plate. It means they don't have running water. The cook uses his bare hands to scoop the meat onto your tortilla right after he smokes a cigarette and scratches his butt. The food tastes great, but you'll be suffering for a while. Um Next one, I would rather eat roadkill. This is not a misunderstood delicacy. This is not a hidden jail. This is not chef's table story waiting to happen. This is not simple folk food misunderstood by inexperienced gringos. This is a potential night in the hospital. (laughs) This place lacks proper hygiene. The staff is quite unfriendly and the food is nothing spectacular. I got sick. Avoid. Um, Let's see. If any more, basically, they wear a decorated face mask. They do not serve. They take the literal food with their hand, and one person practically charges, but also touches the food. We will have to visit another branch. There is no other branch. A stomach aid, ache stomach aid guarantee, guaranteed or recommended sincerely. I do not know why they are still open. It is very unhealthy established. They grab the meat with their hands without even washing their hands. Uh, The taco all spends wiping his forehead and nose with the same hand in which you grab the meat so without more or grab the food and products without gloves or anything. So you get the point. I got sick. So if you're in a Mexico City and you want to try a really delicious taco, you can go to El Turex. But be prepared for three or four days of potential nightmare. I got to say the food was delicious, but the reaction was horrendous. And that's Mexico City story time. Next next episode, we'll talk about MetaGene. And finally, let's get to the Spurs and last word. I spoke I spoke too soon. I, I meant to say let's get on to lyric reviews before our last word. Today's lyric reviews number one on the cha- charts, lyric review of 24K Golden Mood. Honestly, great song, catchy, fun, but I thought I wanted to get into the lyrics here because as always, lyrics make me laugh. All right, so let's start off with the beginning of the song, which is also the chorus. Why are you always in a mood, fucking around, acting brand new? I ain't trying to tell you what to do, but try to play it cool. Baby, I ain't playing by your rules. Everything look better with a view. Why are you always in the mood again, fucking around, acting brand new? I ain't trying to tell you what to do, but try to play. Cool, baby, I ain't playing by your rules. Everything look better with a view. All right. I don't know how many times people say, I'm not trying to tell you what to do and tell you exactly what to do. And that's what he's doing here. And it's so overplayed. I hate that, man. How many times have people... This is what older generation always does. Like, hey, young man, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But here's me telling you exactly what to do. And you're going to listen to me. And that's what he's doing here. And I hate that. I hate that. If you're going to tell me what to do, just tell me what to do. But don't tell me you're not going to tell me what to do. Then tell me what to do. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, it's It's a bad trait. People do it all the time. And if you do it, stop it. Don't be like, hey, man... It's always like this too. Hey, man, uh, can I talk to you? Yeah. All right. So, look, I'm not trying to give you advice, but uh, the way you uh, the way you're doing this is wrong. Well, you're giving advice. Like, if you're gonna give advice, just give the advice without telling me you're not trying to give advice. Um, so, I don't really like that. That's, and that's basically that everything looked better with a view is true, but baby, I am playing by your rules and everything looks better with a view. It doesn't make sense, right? Like, oh, we're, playing, we're not playing baby. I am playing by your rules. By the way, things look better with a view. Makes no sense. Good song, though. All right. Lenador, Land Dior goes, is next. He goes, I could never get attached when I start to feel I unattached. Ooh, swag. Somehow I always end up feeling bad. Baby, I am not your dad. Okay. It's not all you want from me. I just want your company. All right. He's totally going to get attached. Um, look, anytime you know this, you always have that buddy like, yo, bro, I'm going out with this girl. But I ain't into her. Shit. <laughs> I'm not going to fall in love. That's the first person to fall in love. It's the person who gets attached. It's the person who's always trying to act hard. You ain't hard. Uh, it's the famous last words. Whenever your buddy says he's not going to get a cat, he's 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 kind of fucked. He's going to get attacked. And the baby, I'm not your dad. Yeah, she knows. I, she probably knows that. You don't have to tell her that. Like People do this all the time. Yo, I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. But let me tell you something. Like I know. It's like this whole, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know you're not going to lie. Well, I, thanks. Uh, do you lie to me if you don't say that? Like It doesn't make sense. Next, he says, girl, it's obvious. Elephant in the room. I like that. Obviously, living in a room makes sense, and we're part of it. Don't act so confused. And you love starting it. Now I'm in the mood. Now we arguing in my bedroom. All right, not quite sure what's going on here. They were in the mood. They go to the bedroom, and now they're arguing. Um, the girl seems like she might be crazy. That that's what I'm gonna. Uh, that's what I here. Crazy girl. Um, we play games of love to avoid depression. And we've been here before and I won't be your victim. All right. So you're all together because you hate being alone. That's kind of what I got here. We all know those people who can't be alone or they go nuts. And that seems like what the type of people you guys are. And those are the worst type of people. You're in a relationship. If you're in a relationship because you don't like to be alone, that's a problem. That's not a real relationship. You can be in a relationship because you want to be in a relationship. Not because not just because you can't be alone. In the chorus, again, we've gone through that. So why are you trying to fake your love on the regular when you could be blowing up just like my cellular? I won't ever let a shorty go and set me up. Only thing I need to know is if you're wet enough. Pretty dope line here. Got to give it a 24K golden. Nailed it. Blowing up cellular. You know what that means. And I I won't ever let a shorty set me up. Like he's not going to get played. But he just wants to know if you're wet enough. I got to admit, great line here. Last line before the back to the chorus, and it's over. I'm talking slick back, kick back, gang sitting in 40s. You keep playing, not another day with you, shorty. Mismatch fits. That was way before you know me. Got a lot of love. Well, you better save it for me. Ends pretty well. And speaking of sipping 40s, at what age can you keep sipping 40s still? I was thinking about this. Like, if you gave me a 40 tonight, could I finish it and feel fine? Now, I probably won't get like super drunk. But my stomach might hurt. 40s kind of suck. Like, there's the concept of a 40 is really cool. It's cheap and it's hella alcohol, malt liquor. I just don't know if I can drink. I really don't know if I could drink a 40 anytime, anywhere anymore. I just am wondering. Uh, I mean, in one of these podcasts I'll do that. Like, it would be fun. Like, I'm 40 time with George, Georgia, 40 in a hookah torture or something like that all right so that's 24k golden i'm gonna give the lyrics a two out of five stars the song is great it's six 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 song i will listen to it all day i think it's so much fun but lyrically two out of five music five out of five fun fun song great song it's a good listen all right so now to spurs and the ending All right, and here we are at the end of the episode. Hope you're enjoying it. It's Tottenhamham time. Uh, I know a lot of people don't. Like I said on these previous episodes, we're all going to be Spurs fans now. English Premier League Tottenham um and you want to listen to this podcast is you're now your favorite English premier league team unless you already had one then you don't have to adopt a new one you just keep your english premier league team that's kind of the goal of this last segment it's always going to be like one or two minutes because i can't break down soccer i don't know soccer well enough to break down soccer so i'm not going to pretend i know soccer well enough to break down soccer but i'm going to say i'm really excited we got the fa cup for those who don't know the fa cup there's five there's major like championships all around european soccer in england in england you have obviously the english premier league the carabo cup and above the carabo cup is probably the fa cup which is the football association cup we play a team called marine this sunday i think it's round three of the fa cup so a win would be good we move on a tie you have to play replay the game and then on wednesday because this podcast comes out wednesday so i'll probably uh uh, react to a little more and talk about it. the aston villa game is going to be spectacular Can't wait for that. So that's news in the Spurs world. So go Tana, go Spurs, Kois, as we said. Come on, you Spurs. Um, And that is the end of today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Please, as always, rate, review, and give this five stars. Share this with friends. I'm telling you guys, this podcast and any podcast grows because of you, not just because of me. Of course, it helps if I'm good and you enjoy listening to me, but – what really helps a podcast girl is the audience, you telling more people. you can. It's so easy now on Spotify and iTunes. You can copy the link, share it on WhatsApp, send it to groups, and be like, hey, give this guy a listen. Press subscribe. You don't have to listen today, but listen to him. He's fun. It's fun. I'd really appreciate it. I'd also appreciate if you follow me and my brother's podcast. That being said, podcast with George and Sammy George, who are part of the Sports On Tap Network. And visit sportsontap.com the sports on tap.com to get a bunch of fun articles, fun, uh, fun insights on sports. We're trying to put a little twist on sports, redefine sports media a little bit, and I hope you're enjoying all the content we're putting out as we continue to grow. So thank you for listening. Happy Saturday. Uh, Well, it's Saturday now. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but until then, peace. Oh, thank you.